Welcome back to the Hero Realm. I'm Josh Brown. I'm Nick Rusk. And we have a lot to talk about today. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Okay, so that is actually the supposed intro to the upcoming Power Rangers 30th Anniversary Special, which is coming up in roughly less than a month. Yeah. So this special is actually, I mean, I know we've only seen a trailer so far, which looked awesome and still have no idea what's going to happen otherwise. Right. But it looks like they at least spend a good amount of time on it. Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest thing is we have the return of Alpha 5. Oh. And also now Rita is a robot. (laughs) And we have actually two of her monsters returning as robots as well. Minotaur and Snizzard. Oh. But when you watched the trailer, did you notice the sleek new form for the command center? Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to know how much work they actually did on that. Yeah. Because actually back in the original show, the location of the command center was actually a real place. Yeah. So, and... There's also Zordon Shattered Tube in the background <laughs> from mainly when Andro shattered it right. and Power Rangers in space. So the probably the things I really want to at least have some sort of a backstory to, because we know that the good vibes from Zordon's energy tube were supposed to completely decimate all evil. Right. And Now, she does say, after years of searching, I have found a new body. So, either this was made by the Machine Empire, or I don't know. (laughs) Well, how did Zed come back? Well, he was actually reincarnated by... I don't remember the monster's name in Dino Fury, but he actually reincarnated Zed from when Zed was in the peak of his evil. Mm. Not after the Zordon wave. Okay. So that's how Zed came back. Then he's still back, correct? Yes. He's actually supposed to be the new villain, the main villain for Cosmic Fury. All right. So I'm kind of curious how Rita's come back, but we will actually see the original putties. Ooh. 
Now, the only question still pertaining is we have a Green Ranger in this, but who's in the suit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I want to say that it's most, it could either be Adam, who was originally the second Black Ranger, but maybe being upgraded to Green Ranger since we have Zach. Right, he's already the Black Ranger. <laughs> so either that or because we know Jason David Frank is dead. Which still rests in power. Mm. So, this is one thing I'm really looking forward to. And we are actually going to cover this special in due time because it doesn't come out until April 19th on Netflix. So, yeah, I'd like to know exactly how Rita found this new body. And I'd also like to know. Mainly because the fact that Billy left the show at the end of Zeo and went on to live on Aquatar. Question is, what has he been doing for the past 30 years? Mm-hmm. So, is there anything in particular that you want him to actually allude to? I don't know. I just want to know how people come back from they're supposed to be dead. Right. So... Yeah, that's more, well, sort of a trailer reaction, but also just an announcement of the upcoming special. So now we are on to the shows. So first we have the season finale for the Winchesters. Yes, so it starts with a flashback. Um, When John returns to Vietnam, he's given Henry's letter by Dean, who's also hunting the Akrita with Bobby, who's Mm -hmm. there. and then we find out that a hunter named Joan Hopkins is, is she's the Akrita queen when, who back in the 1600s, she was driven insane by hunting and consuming monster essences like Mike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she, and she, uh, after that was convinced that humanity needed to be destroyed and was banished from this world because she could be killed. So later on, uh, the Akrita possessed a lot of, and then in order to save her, Ada sacrifices the magic that Rowena gave her to save mm-hmm. her friend's life, which takes part of her soul. Yes. Um, and then when the others, um, when then Joan, the creator queen, starts to open her portal, they need something to stop her. So they use the Ostium and try to bring back Dean, but instead they get the Impala, which they use to pretty much run her over. Yeah. And... Send and kill her, sending her into that everything into the portal, and which kills, which by killing the Creed Queen, kills all the others. So Dean then comes back through the portal, driving the Impala uh, with Mary. So she he saved Mary, and it is revealed that um, Dean was driving through heaven after he died, and took a detour looking through the multiverse to find a world where his family got a happy ending. So he stumbled across this world, which is an alternate universe, which now makes sense mm-hmm. as to how all these things happen, because we know how John doesn't know about the monsters until Azazel. Right. So this is a different universe, which was something we theorized prior to finding out what's really happening. Yes. So then he says he, um, he knew the Akrita were a failsafe created by Chuck, in case he was defeated. Well, obviously he was. Mm-hmm. So 
he knew that the Akrita would threaten Sam's safety. So he, even though Jack said not to interfere, Gene, Dean did anyway. And so helping them to defeat the Akrita. So, and then we see Jack and Bobby there. And he's, he finally, you know, Bobby kind of convinces Jack to see, you know, let, let him just, it's a, let him forgive him for this one, you know. Let, yeah. <laughs> he, he meddled, but it was a, it was fine. So he gives, so Dean gives the, uh, his, his alternate universe parents, his dad's, his, his journal to help guide them and the cult in case they ever come across a Zazel. Right. And then he, and then he, then they all, um, vanish. And then at the end, John and Mary kind of set off to go figure out their future while the rest of them continue to hunt. And as we know with the Impala itself, we know at the end of Supernatural, Jensen actually got to take one of the Impalas, seeing as they had so many because of how many times it had to be fixed up. Right. So the Impala, the Impala that we saw in this season finale was actually the one that he took yeah. at the end of Supernatural. So now we still don't have any word on if it's going to be renewed for a second season. But if it is, it turns out the showrunners actually have some ideas for a second season if it does get renewed. Yeah. So we just have to hope that it does get renewed. Right. <laughs> because mainly, well, we do have a review here that was given a 10 out of 10. Which I think I was actually looking at this a little while back. But... This one was titled An Emotionally Charged and Satisfying Ending. So how do you write a story that delivers a satisfying ending to the fans of the mothership and the new fans? It's a fair question, and it's one that the team clearly thought through because they somehow, because they somehow despite all odds, delivered. I like to do my reviews without spoilers, but that does make it difficult because this episode was absolutely jam-packed with things I can't say. But I will say the episode managed to somehow hit every point. It delivered a satisfying answer to the season-long mystery. It delivered some gorgeous emotional beats that left me in tears. And most importantly, it did it with heart. The themes of family found in genetic love and free, and free will continue to be critical. I hope we will see, I hope we will see more. This cast is incredible, and I'm not ready to walk away. However, if that's it, it's a full and complete ending for a show that will always be near and dear to me. In the end, the show exceeded even my wildest hopes for it, manages to deliver an incredibly, an incredibly deft story that appeals to new viewers and existing viewers. It creates a world, a world worth exploring and, can, and introduces characters worth knowing. Now we wait, hearts in our throat, to see if we get more. Now, I actually agree with all of that, because even we both were saying, if this ends up being a one and done, they ended it perfectly. Uh -huh. They tied up any loose ends that needed tied up, and if they continue on, I hope to see actually where this story goes, considering it's not the same universe that we know from right. Supernatural. And... I mean, I still wonder why Chuck would have created a, a failsafe like the Akrita, mm -hmm. but still, it, I mean, it lived up to our hopes. Yeah. 
So for this first season, with it being, I guess, a prequel to Supernatural, what would you rate it? Mm, probably eight, eight out of ten. I'd have to say at least eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the kind of final battle that we would normally expect right. from what we've seen in the past. But aside from that, like I said, if this is a one and done, ended perfectly. Yeah. And I guess for now, that's all for Winchesters. Yep. And now on to Flash. Yeah, so the episode, The Mask of the Red Death Part 2, uh, the Rhodes um, have captured Kramer. And while trying to uh, rescue Mark, Barry is attacked by Red Death, who drains his speed and creates ex- uh, psychic extensions of herself around the world with the help from Grodd. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Barry goes to Grodd, who told him he joined he joined um, Red Death because he was abandoned after finding all the gorillas of Gorilla City have lost their sentience and after crisis. So Barry agrees he's going to help Grodd restore his community. So Grodd restores Barry's speed and dispels the Red Death's doubles. So then. Um, Batwoman shows up from the main timeline, yeah, and ends up fighting Red Death with all of them, and then they end up defeating her, and she gets taken to Argus custody. Yes, and then at the end of the episode, uh, Keon, Keon, right? How do you say it? Kion, Keon, yeah, however we wanna. <laughs> she announces Iris's pregnancy, which wasn't supposed to happen for another three months. So. Yes. So, this episode itself, I would say it, well, I mean, we don't know exactly what all is going to happen throughout these next few episodes, just because of the fact that you would think a villain like Red Death would be the entire season. So, but one thing I did like about this, and it's a little bit of humor than anything, but Batwoman near the end says... So, Flash, never been to Central City? Is it always this crazy? And, and Barry's like, well... And then the rogues chime in. It's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Which, as we know, Flash airs on Wednesdays. Yeah. So it's mainly sort of a fourth wall break and just pertaining to that. But... The review of this episode shows a little bit of a different line. Oh, I'm just seeing an update that we're going to get an Oliver Queen return at some point. Oh. But, now this reviewer said, pathetic. I don't think there is someone who likes The Flash more than me, but man, it's just unbearably bad now. (laughs) The story, the the direction, everything is going downhill, especially fight choreography and visual effects. I mean, just look at Grodd's scenes. Even the CGI in earlier seasons was a lot better than this. I will just say that the show is beyond saving now. Good that they're ending it, because they cannot fix it now. And it generally breaks my heart. Also, why did they bring back Javicia back to play Red Death? I don't want to sound mean, but man, she's terrible. Terrible actor. It certainly could have been avoided. Okay, we saw this in a review with the previous episodes, but 
I mean, they're trying to... I mean, they're trying to do what they can with it being the final season. But it probably would have been a little better if they had done, like in the comics, where Red Death is a version of Batman. Mm -hmm. But then again, maybe they couldn't find an actor that would be perfect for Batman. Yeah. I mean, movie-wise, how many different Batmans have we had? Oh, so many. I mean, we've had Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer. I don't even want to talk about the George Clooney one. (laughs) And the metallic nipples. But even Christian Bale, still probably the best to date. Yeah. Ben Affleck, no. And then Robert Pattinson. You're forgetting the original. Oh, yeah, and Adam West. (laughs) But he was more the... TV series. Yes. (laughs) So, actually, I think there was even one even before the first Batman movie. I can't remember the name of that actor. Another Batman? It was a movie? I think so. Well, let me pull this up here. Let me actually see if I can find a Batman actor timeline and we can... Because I think we had maybe even talked about this at one point, but not podcast-wise. Yeah, let's see. Because I've actually got a guide to pretty much every Batman out there, but... Let's see here. Um, Robert Lowry. That might have been it. Okay, so this one has... And Lewis Wilson. Okay. Yeah, because this one mentions like a top ten. So... Well, give me a second here. Okay. So this is more of a top ten, roughly. But we have Michael Keaton. Kevin Conroy was actually the voice. the voice. Christian Bale, Adam West, Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson, Val Kilmer. I want to say Will Arnett may have been another. He was the Lego Batman movie voice. Okay. And then we also had Keanu, Keanu Reeves, who was voiced for... Oh, he was the Batman voice for DC League of Super Pets. Mm. And then George Clooney, Will Arnett, Val Kilmer, Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck, Adam West, Christian Bale, Kevin Conroy, and Michael Keaton is pretty much a top ten. So, yeah, I would say... They could have easily brought in any of those actors just to be a portrayal. But, I mean, I see where this reviewer is coming from, from just the fact that we know Batwoman was canceled for a reason. We don't necessarily know that reason. But still, it's really hard to tell either way. But the next episode we have, The Good, the Bad, and the Lucky. So first of all, we have a, we have a return of Becky Sharp, who we know was actually mentioned, but not the same person, back in uh, Stargirl as the gambler's daughter. 
Which, speaking of which, did you actually notice a bit of a name drop on her fiancé? Who? Called The Gambler. Oh. So, yes, in the comics and also Stargirl, The Gambler was Becky Sharp's father. In this case, Becky Sharp's fiancé. But, mainly, Barry and Iris prepare for their new life. Cecil is... Cecil. Cecil takes on a case involving a string of unfortunate and highly unexpected events. Chester and the team work with Keon, or Kion to figure out her abilities. So, this basically just has more of an A plot and a B plot. But, they are coming back to the O'Shaughnessy's bar quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Throughout the last couple seasons. But. Yeah this episode. Has no flash whatsoever. No. Flash was flash. And so we'll probably the next couple episodes. Yep. Because. As we mentioned before starting recording this segment. But the first five episodes were. What did you say they were? The first five episodes? Oh the. The. The, the the rogues graphic okay. novel. And then these next three episodes is just interlude filler. And then the, ne- then the last five to finish out the season is... What? The, the final. The final. Whatever storyline they're going to do. Okay. So I'm going to say at least, even though this episode was all right... They still could have done much more with it. Because mm-hmm. Cecile is pretty much feeling that she's not being a good mother to Jenna, which is causing her powers to go all wacky. Um, and then it wasn't really Allegra focused, which still not a great episode. Right. And then trying to figure out what Keon's abilities are, and they find out that she's technically not human. Mm-hmm. So really not to go not really not much to go off of from this episode. And the reviewer on this episode pretty much the same thing and only gave it a one out of ten. So they pretty much said a wasted flash episode. When you're in your final season and are trying to wrap up the loose ends, you can't waste an episode. Yet that's exactly what this was. A wasted episode. Mm-hmm. Title character disappears by the fourth minute. <laughs> yeah? Yep. And reappears in the last two minutes. Yep. <laughs> no speed, not even a costume. Seems like an effort to save money by the production company. Or does Grant Gustin really hate wearing the red suit? Hmm. What was this episode? Bringing back a relatively minor supporting character from three episodes in season four? That was five to six years ago. Well, I think they're trying to say that all the bus metas are basically still alive after Crisis. That's my thought anyways. In a plot that looks a lot like a backdoor pilot, you know an attempt to create a spin-off show by making it part of the original. If there's a plan to create create a Cecile Allegra spin-off, I it already looks it. bad. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Cecile maybe, but no, definitely not Allegra. No. And it sure looks like Danielle Panabaker, now relegated to playing the most clueless character she's ever had, it was was visibly pregnant in this episode. If she were during, if she was during filming, that's wonderful. 
but there's no explanation in regards to this new character, what's her name? Now, giving away and not giving away any spoilers, this episode does absolutely nothing to help bring the Flash to its eventual close. Nope. This was the fourth of the remaining 13 episodes, and it didn't do a thing. The Flash has only nine episodes left, and there doesn't seem to be enough time to introduce a threat, resolve it, and tie up the series. This show is running out of steam fast. Okay, I'm not going to give any way any... I ha- won't give anything away well, here. Well, that was, that was the sixth episode, not the fourth. Yeah, it was the sixth episode, not yeah. the fourth, according to this reviewer. Unless he's counting how many bad episodes there's been. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to give anything away here, but... I've actually read the synopsis for the final episode. And there might be a bit of, su- of a surprise who our final villain will be. Where did you see this at? It was already posted on IMDb. Mm. So I'm not going to give anything away just because I want to be surprised because it didn't really give anything. It didn't give a whole lot away at all. So, but yeah, I will say, depending on how these next two interlude episodes are, I could almost see this being the worst season <laughs> of The Flash. Yeah. Just because we have what could have been a backdoor pilot to a possible Cecile Allegra spinoff, Ooh. which, no. no. I mean, Cecile, like I said, Cecile maybe, Allegra, no. I mean, could you imagine what an Allegra Chester spinoff would look like? Yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, that's everything for The Flash. Now on to the first two episodes of Season 3 of Superman and Lois. Yes, the first episode, Closure, who was directed by Tom Cavanaugh. Ah. And just so you know, the next episode was directed by Elizabeth Henstridge, who played on S.H.I.E.L.D. Gemma? Yep. So, I th- yeah, I was looking at that, and I thought I thought, I thought the name sounded yeah, familiar. So all these people that we thought were at the set-go have turned to directing. Right. So anyway, on this episode, at the beginning, not, not much goes on. It's just kind of like... Everybody seen what everybody's doing now since Sally Austin's defeat. How, mm-hmm. um, um, Samuel Lane rejoins the DOD and all this stuff. Um, the one part of it is that they think at this point that uh, Lois might be pregnant. So they were doing some tests, and that was a possibility. So mm-hmm. now, they're, so they're kind of her and Superman are kind of you know thinking about what that would mean for their lives, right? Uh, meanwhile, um, a super-powered uh, Henry Miller, also known as Adam Man, shows up, and so Clark tries to stop him, but is this figure, this hooded figure with like this swirly-looking face, shows up. And every time he comes to the climax of his attack, the face on the hood sort of changes. changes. Yes. Um, so this person, whoever it is, kills and abducts Miller. And um, then Bruno Mannheim mm-hmm. is the is now the main, I guess, villain part of this one. Yeah, he was he was brought up in the uh, final scene of last season, known as the guy who killed the John Henry Irons right. of that 
Earth. Yes. So he is the hooded figure are overseeing um, Miller being revived. So I don't know what that means for this. So, but evidently he's going to be the main mastermind in this little hooded figure. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I don't know, like part of the main weapon or main villains this year. Right. But I guess my question is, what are your feelings on the new John Kent? I uh, I was almost forgot it was that they they recasted him when they started the show. Like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Did he leave on his own accord? Or did they force him out? Um, I think he left on his own accord okay. to look back on his mental health. Yeah, I, I, correctly. I was wondering how they were going to address it if they were going to make it seem like he went into some some something happened to him. So now this is what he looks like, or they were just going to you know will fresh prince it and pretend it's the same person. Right. So that's what they did. They're not going to mention it. They're just going to pretend like, yep, this is the same guy. No one, nothing's changed. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, which the only thing I really saw, he looked about the same in the first episode, but there were some features that I could point out that looked completely different in the second episode. Yeah. But I don't... Now, because I know like back in Batwoman, they sort of addressed why Kate wasn't there. But, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much more of a right recasting as the same person and not even addressing it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, honestly, I will say the first episode was good, but the second episode, which, did you mention that they ruled out pregnancy at the end of the episode? Yeah, that's okay. why I wanted to run some more tests. Right. So, this next episode... Uncontrollable forces. So now I won't lie to you. I'm I actually teared up a bit at the end of this episode and you'll see why as I go through it. But Lois seems to be going through something and doesn't want to talk about it. And it's like it almost seems like they've lost a crack in Lois's game face, which this episode sort of has an A plot, B plot, and C plot. Or just an A plot and B plot. So, they have a lead on the whole Henry Miller thing. So, Lois and Clark actually fly to Metropolis to confront... What was her name? Judge Regan? Judge Reagan, I think it was. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Let me look here. I think yes. it was. Okay. Tara Reagan. Okay. And as we get to the point of her answering Lois's questions about Henry Miller, a group that we're guessing is controlled by Bruno Mannheim comes in. And near the end of the episode, Judge Reagan wants to commit suicide. Well, that's going on. Sarah and John's daughter, Nat, go to a party. Then Jonathan and, well, Jonathan was technically also invited to the party, but Jordan wasn't. But it's being thrown by 
I think the character's name was Travis, which is technically also a boy from Nat's Earth that she had a crush on. Well, in the on this Earth, he turns he turns out to be a real jerk. <laughs> so she does find another eye candy later on, but and Sarah and Jordan end up playing beer pong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's pretty much going on while everything else is going on. And Bruno Mannheim finds out that, not knowing that this is another Earth's John Henry Irons, but finds out that John Henry Irons is alive. Mm-hmm. So not knowing that it's another Earth, that's... So yeah, mainly an A-plot, B-plot, and C-plot. But Superman also confronts Bruno before that. But the big thing here is... Lois has been diagnosed with stage three inflammatory breast cancer. And it was basically the very end of the episode when she told Jonathan and Jordan that I actually teared up a bit just because of the circumstance. Right. And instead of reading a review of this episode, like I have for most shows lately, I'm actually going to give more of a... Inflammatory Breast Cancer PSA. So inflammatory breast cancer is a rare but most fatal form of breast cancer. While it accounts for 2.6% of all breast cancers, the five-year overall survival rate is 30%, as compared to near 90% for all other types of breast cancer combined. Since IBC cannot be detected until stage 3, we urgently, urgently need more research for this extremely aggressive breast cancer. Since IBC does not present with a lump, it is, def- it is difficult for women to realize they have it. And because the medical industry is still learning about it, many doctors misdiagnose it. The IBC network committed to educating women about the signs of IBC so that they can get the help they need as early as possible. While it has been diagnosed in women of varying ages, it tends to target young women. Many years prior to even suggested mammogram mammogram screening age, the word rare can offer a misguided comfort of never, but rare does not mean never. With your help, we can continue providing not just hope, but awareness, medical attention, and one day a cure. I thank you for your consideration and appreciate your support. To contact the IBC Network, see theibcnetwork.org or email terry at theibcnetwork.org. Thank you. And, I mean, honestly, I will say this, this is a good start to the season, but... It's really hard to tell what's going to happen from here on yeah, out. I have lots of questions. So do I. And all I know from other people's speculations is they're look they're doing the injustice storyline, which honestly, I have no idea what the injustice storyline looks like. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and watch through the season. I'd 
like to take a short break from the podcast to pretty much mention a way that you guys can help us. Now, with a small or large donation every month, you can help us to keep help us to keep bringing this podcast to you, whether it be every week or, well, as we know, our schedules have been clashing lately, so maybe not every week, but whenever we can. Now, right now, we do have working equipment, mainly microphones, computer, basically what we need. But we would like to also maybe live stream or even maybe just add some differences and or updates to the podcast. So, like we said, just a small or large monthly donation every month. And the link to the support is in the description of the episode. Now, the series premiere and also second episode of Gotham Knights. Yes, the uh, starts out with uh, Bruce Wayne is murdered and his identity as Batman is revealed to everyone, mm-hmm. including his adoptive son who didn't even know. Yeah. Um, and the Joker's daughter uh, and a couple other people are arrested when they try to break into Wayne Tyler to steal the gun that was used to murder. Thomas and Martha Wayne. So now they are prime suspects in Bruce Wayne's murder. And um, Turner Hayes, who's the adopted son of Bruce, uh, has his finds out that um, money was wired from his account to the suspects who were arrested. So now he is also a suspect in the murder of his uh, father's murder of his father. Right. Um, then Harvey Dent, who is played by Castiel, yes, <laughs> um, works. You know, he's a detective, and he a uh, he's he know he's he figures that Turner didn't do it, and he wants to help him clear his name. Um, so once Turner and the rest of the team are in prison, they break out, and when they're about to be captured again, they are saved by. Robin, yes, who is some girl? Yeah, which honestly, from all the iterations I know of for Robin, I don't think this is one I've yeah. ever seen. So she went after she saves them. The uh, they all learn about a secret organization called the Court of Owls, who are involved with pretty much the whole underground running of the city. Mm-hmm. Who, and then some mysterious masked operative ends up killing Ford, the detective Ford, at the end. So now, um, yeah, it's it's a lot different, a lot weird seeing Misha Collins as a different role other than Castiel. Right. So yeah, it's going to take some getting used to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I know that most, most series, when it comes to... Batman based are normally pretty dark and this is actually no exception because I mean now mine with the fact of the way this one is this is practically a different universe entirely because it's a universe where Batman is dead and as far as I know, it has nothing. Batwoman has no pertaining at all to it. 
So this will definitely be an interesting series to see where things go from here. So in episode two, titled Scene of the Crime, in an attempt to clear their names, Turner, Duella, Colin, Harper, and Carrie head back to the scene of the crime in search of Bruce Wayne journals. So I think like we have another character that keeps a journal. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of Bruce's journals, he's got quite a few of them. Yeah. But I kind of like this because now the director and producer of the previous episode actually directed and produced, I guess, I'm guessing most of Gotham. And Gotham actually played a big part in a Court of Owls storyline, which almost makes me think that this could possibly be a continuation of that. Because, I mean, yes, we have the Court of Owls, and the one journal that Bruce and Robin look at mentions back when Bruce was a kid and finding out that, if anything, the Court of Owls has basically killed the entire Wayne genealogy. Right. So we also find out that Turner's good with the sword and Duella will do anything she can get her hands on considering she's the Joker's daughter. Right. Which... I'm almost wondering, since she's the Joker's daughter, if we'll end up getting an appearance by the Joker. Maybe. And if so... Who will be playing him? Well, that. <laughs> and also, who's the one who conceived Duella? Yeah. Because in any iteration of Batman that we've seen, it's normally Harley Quinn. Right. But... There's actually one iteration, animated-wise, and it was actually mentioned in Batman Beyond. But Joker did technically have a son, in a way. He actually ended up brainwashing one, well, the Robin that... There's the phone. Yeah. That, well, he ended up brainwashing the Robin that Batman had at the time... And that Robin ended up becoming Joker's son. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Because for one, if we do if we do see the Joker again, who will be playing him? And sorry about the minor interruption, (laughs) but. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah. And I don't know, we don't know necessarily how many episodes Gotham Knights is going to have. Now, with new CW shows... Usually 13. Usually 13. They may add a few more if the show is getting a good following. Mm-hmm. Which I know the first episode did get, at least from one reviewer, got a 9 out of 10. But... Then again, Superman Lois got a 9 out of 10 on their first episode this season and a 2 out of 10 on the second one. Yeah. But, yeah, it almost seems the CW is pretty much hanging on for dear life. (laughs) Especially with the fact of all the shows that have been canceled and whatnot. And I think the biggest problem with that is... 
just the fact of the buyout from, I don't even remember what the company was called. So, I mean, I'm going to say that this season will end up having a fairly good following. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because honestly, as far as I know, there's a video game that that was supposed to be coming out as well, also titled Gotham Knights. But this really doesn't have any connection to that either. Mm. So, for these first two episodes, it definitely has given us something to think about for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, do we have anything else for this week? No, I believe that's it. Okay. So... We don't have a date for next time yet, but I'm going to try to get better about announcing when the next episode Mm -hmm. will be coming up. So for this week, that's all we've got. So as we always say, keep your eyes peeled, ears open, and stay heroic. Bye. Bye.